The Incomparable Number 390 January 2018 Welcome back, everybody, to The Incomparable. I'm your host, Jason Snell. And in this episode, we are going to be talking about a television show. It's one of those. And, and we're going we're gonna to divide this off. It's okay if you haven't seen this television show, because we're going to talk about it a little bit, and about what sort of the basic premise is and why we like it, if we like it. And um, it would be really mean if we just singled out a random TV show and then just beat it to death. <laughs> Don't watch. There's so many TV shows. Why would anyone do that? That would be so cruel. Anyway, and then we'll blow the spoiler horn and we'll talk about like what happened in the most recent season and all of that. This is a show that you should be able to get uh, because in almost all of the world, it is on Netflix. So it's available to you. There's two seasons of it. It's called Travelers. It was made in Canada, which means if you're in Canada, you don't get to see season two on Netflix. I think you have to be a subscriber to Showcase in order to see that. Mm-hmm. Uh, or iTunes. Or, or you can buy it on iTunes. That's right. But everywhere else, it's on Netflix. It is a science fiction series from Brad Wright, who is one of the co-creators of Stargate SG-1. And it is a show that I had never heard of. It's one of those where Netflix just buys everything and puts it on and I, I saw it in my Netflix interface and I said, well, that description sounds sort of interesting. It's a time travel show of some kind. And I started watching it and it became one of the most delightful uh, discoveries that I've had in the last year or so of watching television. So we're going to talk about it. And joining me to talk about travelers are these wonderful people, Erica Ensign, who hails from Canada where Travelers mm-hmm. was made. Hello. Hello. Yeah, I remember when uh, when travel before Travelers first started, and they were really pushing it hard on Canadian television with the advertising. And I thought, oh, that looks really cool. I should watch that show. And then I promptly forgot about it because we don't get Showcase. So thanks for the opportunity to catch up. Yeah, very much. You're welcome. You're welcome. Uh, Lex Friedman is also here. Uh, welcome back to the Incomparable Lex. It's good to have you back. It's been a while. Um, I went to Canada to watch the show because I'm too cheap for Netflix. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, but I'm glad I did. <laughs> Interesting. Well, you got the old canadian discount then i don't I will that's say, you, know, thing. you and i jason watch very very different shows on netflix we do. overall i'm guessing um but it also recommended to me it was like you will like this show and it was so so right spoiler alert i like the show what we know about <laughs> your taste in movies and tv is that they're very different from a lot of the incomparables listeners and from me but <laughs> something that we agree on is the time travel is fun because I know you yes. love Back to the Future movies too. So I do. I love all time travel movies, like literally all of them. Here we are with uh, with Travelers, which is a time travel movie. Oh, I have one more, one more person to introduce. What? Your cup runneth over. John Syracuse, <laughs> welcome to the 21st. Traveler 1231, <laughs> checking in. <laughs> right. Excellent. Excellent. I'm going to miss the old John Syracuse, but you can just, you'll figure it out. You'll emulate him sh- shockingly well. Wait a second. Uh, I think I 1, 2, 3, 1, you're pretty sm- old, dude. Smoothly slide right into his life and, and uh, you know, it'll be seamless. It'll be totally mm-hmm. seamless. Um, okay. What do we say about Travelers without spoiling the, the twists and turns? I feel like we're going to give away a little bit of the premise here because a lot of the premise is given away in episode one of season the one. first minutes of episode I one. can tell you that the ads on Canadian television gave away the premise before the show had even premiered, right. which is why I wanted to watch it. So you're safe. This segment of the podcast, I feel like, is for us to describe sort of like what the show is and why it why it's appealing and why you might want to give it a try for those people who have not watched Travelers yet. So the 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 short pitch of it is that it's a time travel show, but I always refer to it when I'm describing it to people as a mid-budget Canadian science fiction show. And the, <laughs> the reason I do well that played. is because 
one of the ways you save money when you're doing an because science fiction shows can be really expensive. They're special effects. If you're set in the future or some alternate reality, you have to like have like dragons or 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 flying cars or whatever. And what Travelers does is it's set in the present day, and the time travelers come back in time from the far future to the present day and as a result they don't have to have the flying cars every now and then there's a science fictional gadget of some sort or other that somebody builds in the present day based on their knowledge from the future but basically it's said in the present day in amorphous nor pacific northwest it's the same place that all the x-files uh cases take place in which is vancouver pretending to be somewhere else in the united states and that's that's where the show takes place but one of the I characters kinda thought it was supposed to be maybe seattle yeah, yeah I, think, I thought i, I saw like the space right. needle it, it is unstated like it. seattle i don't think they ever use the the word seattle but no, all right. the geography because mm-hmm. they actually say at one point like oh that person is 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 uh escaping t- across the oregon border so right it's like all mm-hmm. the implications are Seattle without actually saying the word uh, because it's shot in Vancouver because it's yeah mm-hmm. um, and uh, and the premise is that these people are sent back in time what's happened is there's an apocalypse in the future and humanity is in danger of dying out but they have some advanced technology and one of their bits of advanced technology is that they can send minds back in time and the goal is for the minds that they send back in time to change the timeline to a more favorable timeline where humanity isn't going to die out. And the the problem with sending a mind back in time is that you must put it in a body. And that means that the person who is in that body gets overwritten. But these are good guys. These are our friends. They're supposedly the good guys. And so what they do is they consult historical records and find people who are about to die. And those are the only people that they overwrite. Um, and so you end up with this very weird conceit that in the first episode, I've heard some people say it's a little bit off-putting where suddenly you get a ticking clock indicating how long it is until they die. And then at the moment where they're supposed to die, they instead like get a splitting headache and there's a loud sort of sound effect and a blackout. Oh, a and... splitting headache is just the half of it. I, I have said to you before, Jason, <laughs> I think the most fun part of being on Travelers would be when you get overridden and you get to just scree- grab your head and scream again and again for a <laughs> Very angles. long time. Yeah. Yes, that's the most fun part but, of being on that show. I, I think it was play. a good shtick for the pilot, though, because with, uh, you know we've already spoiled it for people who are listening this far. But I, I started watching it having never seen anything except for a picture and a word on Netflix, yes. so I had no yes. idea what the premise was. And it's a fun gimmick for a very first episode. To I'm not going to say slowly reveal the premise because they revealed on the first episode, but you're watching it like, all right, so this is a clock counting down to them time of death, but then they all do the head grabbing thing, and uh, you know it's fun to have the little reveal of like oh i see what the premise of this show is i, I like that i mean I'm, I'm glad they don't lean too heavily on the clock stuff later later they're willing to just overwrite people as a matter of course unlike the uh the stinger noise for the actual transformation which they just will not give up but uh, <laughs> but, but, but i thought it was uh, you know I, I think it's a good first episode. It certainly hooked all of us, I guess. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and it ends with Eric McCormick. You don't know what the premise of the show is. And so one of the fun things that does happen in the first episode, which I am going to spoil here, but it's a, it's a little thing, um, is that Eric McCormick, who you might know from TV's Will and Grace, which is a show that used to be on and uh, apparently is on, on again. again. <laughs> um, and, he, and he's a noted Canadian. Yes, he is noted. Right. Exactly. Noted Canadian. He plays an FBI agent. 
of course, because again, this is not actually happening in Canada, despite the fact that it is completely mm-hmm. made in Canada. And mm-hmm. uh, he is investigating these strange, a strange phenomenon, and we see these people sort of like being taken over by people from the future. Uh, at the very end of the episode, the climax of the episode is that you see the ticking clock on him, and he is about to be pushed down an elevator shaft and is replaced by somebody for the future. And that's the premise of the show. Like, and it really blows your mind in that episode. Not you, it does. listener, if you haven't watched it yet, because we've ruined it for yes, you. Yes, we have. But <laughs> but you assume that he's the FBI agent who's going to be somehow figuring out what the heck is going on with all these strange happenings. Yeah, nope. He's the biggest star, too. He's the biggest star yeah. on the show. Like He's mm-hmm. the only person sure. I even recognize. So I'm like, aha, yes. here's, here's our intrepid FBI agent only for episode one. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure the ads ruined that as well. Mm, I'm, yeah. So I, 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 I knew that. It ruins everything. It's truly a show where multiple episodes and in multiple times per episode sometimes, and that was the first time it happened. I, I truly have jaw dropping moments where I'm surprised at what happens. I don't see yeah. it coming, and then it happens, and I'm like, "What?" And so I like a show that can do that to me. Yeah, That's the actual sound. This I show make. is willing to do. Uh, is not is not holding back. It's not withholding. This show is not like, all right, we've got seven seasons planned, and in the first season there'll be this arc, and the second and the third, and it's like, yeah, it, every episode is like, what are your best ideas? Put them all on the page. <laughs> We're gonna do them, and then you're like, surely they're out of ideas, and in the next episode they show that they're not. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's. I think that actually really uh, is good. A good way to describe what I like about this show is that it doesn't feel like it's it's slow playing me. Where it's going to very it, like they know what they want the end of the first season to be, and then they will take a very long time and they'll meander and all of that. There are episodes that are are, are lighter, and there are ones that are heavier, and there are actually episodes that because. Well, okay, let me back up. The Travelers, once they all get there, the, which are these people, there are ma- we have main characters. They've been sent from the future. Uh, there are five of them, and they are a team. And and they, they are inhabiting the bodies of various people because they have to pick out people who are about to die. So you get the FBI agent, and you get the woman who is mentally disabled and is about to be killed by kind of a, a mob uh, or a gang. And uh, you've got a, uh, a a kid who is a football hero who's in a, like a fight club uh, gladiator arena and is going to get killed there. And you've got a, a, a woman who has a baby, and her, the father of the baby is about to basically beat her to death. And then you've got um, it's a very uplifting show yeah well i mean all these things you see these little vignettes in the first episode um oh and i, I forgot there's uh there's the the heroin addict who's who's about to die mm-hmm. of an overdose and his friend does die of an overdose in the first episode and he almost get, but not quite gets that um and they are all so they've got to all deal with the complications of their existing lives because they're supposed to sort of maintain their cover but they're also on missions from the future from the director who is sending them missions to nudge the future in a different direction and so you do get those episodes that are missions that they're sent on and there is a there is a story arc and there are complications and it never really because it's a netflix show and there's only 10 episodes a season it ne- i felt like it never really settled into that kind of the the x-files groove where you'll go like five episodes where nothing happens except there's a weird monster every week but yeah, there's no time for that but there's still some it's still more episodic than something that feels like a 10 hour movie like there <laughs> is there is an episode where they have to have to uh do a mission and then 
then there's also mm-hmm. the arc is folded in. And I like I like the balance of it that it feels maybe because it's produced in Canada and it's not intrinsically a Netflix show. It doesn't feel like a 10 hour block. It does feel like individual TV episodes, but it also doesn't have a sleepy pace to it. It does. It, mm-hmm. Like John said, it's always throwing something else in. Yeah, and it leaves room for it leaves room for the characters too, because as you said, you know they jump into the lives of these people. So in addition to you know the the science fictiony stuff, knowing that the the future is going to be terrible and we must save the future, we also have day to day things like you know the, this woman needs to make enough money to feed her baby, and right. the dude that's you know he, he, a guy who's addicted to heroin is addicted to heroin. Yeah. So you have you have stories about these these people who are not really these people, but who have become these people and have to learn how to be these people. It's it's just fascinating. I have very few criticisms about the show, but I will say to your point, Jason, about it not feeling uh, like a Netflix show since it wasn't at first a Netflix show. Although I did binge it both seasons, um, I found it's not a perfect show for binging, only in that uh, many episodes end with some kind of episodic cliffhanger mm-hmm. that then the next episode is like, yeah, it was all fine. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, no, it was because it was the drama of that is a little bit in yeah. Canada mm-hmm. and so it does feel that way I, I am of course somebody who does what I like to call the slow binge so I usually will only watch one episode at a time there's like a day or two between episodes and that was enough to like that that pace it works much better than right. if you're just pressing the play next button yeah. on Netflix like I watched an entire season plus in a right. day right because it is <laughs> it does have that episodic flavor to it it's not always yep. just you know running all the way through mm-hmm. um, this is such a I, I actually one of the things I like about this show and we've been describing the premise is that it really kind of thoroughly explores its premise, which is um, not to say that there aren't things about the premise, the time travel premise that it doesn't hold back because I do <laughs> I, in the first season, especially I do like the restraint where as a seasoned viewer of time travel programming as all of us are you as want, a time travel expert right, you want to know well as much as anybody can be um <laughs> since time travel is made up uh sorry everybody what? who believes that there's time travel uh <laughs> it's a tv thing and a movie thing the um you immediately want to know like what the rules are and uh john and i talked about this at one point i know because it, it's a little frustrating but i think it's also really good like until they need to tell you what the rules are they just don't tell you and i i kind of like that while it does explore all the details of this incredibly weird premise like the fact that these people do need to inhabit existing bodies the fact that traveler 0115 who we know as trevor the uh the high school football hero who was in the fight club he's mm-hmm. one of the very oldest people alive on earth in the future and so he's a wise old man put in the body of a teenager which is a hilarious contrast but like he has to deal with parents imagine being yes. a 200 year old you know wise man who suddenly is has a uh, has parents who are nagging him about getting going to school and talking to his guidance counselor and this i also show, love that he's like supposed to have been a jerky ish kind of high school student and is i think the second nicest character on the show he's like, he a, he's like a zen yeah. master wise he's like so wise right but he was yoda a, yeah exactly he Imagine is. high school yoda i've seen most of the star wars movies i can say that yeah you can you got it you <laughs> lex knows what he's talking about when it comes to yoda um that's a new one uh yeah so that that the show commits to that the show deals with the fact that we're going to spend some time with these people's lives and how they're not the same person but they're trying to integrate because that's one of their directives one of their missions from the future and it doesn't shy away from it it doesn't shy away 
away from the fact that that uh, that Trevor has his dad Jerry, right? Because he 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 won't call him dad. He, Gary. Oh, Gary. That's it. He just calls him Gary, and he's like, "Why are yep. you not calling me dad?" And he's like, "Listen, Gary, <laughs> I'm not going to do that anymore." It's amazing. And I also love I also love how the show doesn't shy away from making those like ancillary people also real characters that feel like real people. Yeah. You get to you get to know the FBI agent's wife. You get to know um the the, the parents. social worker who's taking oh, care of the uh, well, the girl who's mentally challenged. Yeah, you certainly. Know, you, you get to know the, the people that are in the lives of of all of these folks are also real characters who are pretty well developed for the most part. So it's nice. Yeah, yeah I think that's a different choice that the show could have made. Uh, with uh, with the sci-fi premise like all right so these these uh, consciousnesses come from the future into the past and those people have to save the future right and the, i feel like the most straightforward way to do that is great so they've come from the future into the past they've got to save the future they leave their old lives behind and mm-hmm. now they're off to save the future and it's all about the stuff they have to do like it's almost mm-hmm. a conceit for the purposes of the program it's like no they don't leave their lives behind like it, oh, i forget which number is it what is it uh, uh protocol five uh, in the absence of direction, oh, yeah. maintain your host lives. That's right. They mm-hmm. they ha- are supposed to just continue the lives of the people they took over, and it's not clear, like so many things with the director, why they're instructed to do that. But they are, and I think it makes for a much better television show because they do they do spend yeah. a surprisingly large amount of time about the people's lives because just just physically speaking, like that's where they're going to be spending a lot of the time. A lot of times they're, they're waiting for their next mission, right? So you have episodes where it's like, how do I deal with my abusive husband? And how do I deal with being a mother? Which I'm maybe not familiar with. And, you now, know, I have, I have wife to say, who, who, Eric <laughs> McCormick is like the worst FBI agent on the planet in terms of keeping his real job. It's true. He's very, very bad at it. He does yeah, not I mean, do like, his job that's, most that's the of thing, the time. Like, they come into these people's uh, lives and <laughs> they're how equipped are they to take over them you know like is we already mentioned uh 115 not particularly being gung-ho about playing a high school student because he played the high school student like an old wise man which is perplexing <laughs> to everyone around him right and every, you know the heroin addict he's kind of his his he's kind of stuck in his situation there's not much he can do there um but it, i think a lot of the most affecting episodes and parts of episodes are not about them doing anything having to do with the traveler. It's about them in protocol five time and downtime of like, right. all right, no mission right now. Now I just have to deal with my life, which you would think is boring. Like who wants to see people dealing with their lives? But they're like, here's the, the magic, I feel like the magic of the show, both in, in this aspect and, and in the, uh, the sort of the directives uh, aspect while I'm watching it, I'm just seeing a bunch of people on fairly inexpensive sets in Canada, as Jason pointed out. Right. <laughs> but every time I'm watching anything in this show, my mind is racing with the with like the premise and like realizing what it must be like for this person to be doing this mundane thing and what it means for the future and what is the unspecified apocalypse in the future and is the director good it's like every scene is imbued with like uh, this background radiation of possibility <laughs> even it when it's big. just someone talking to their dad you know mm-hmm. yeah it, it 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 like i think that they they get away with the cheaper show <laughs> because all the premise feels big and they can do with very few effects since they just have the 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 characters are showing you the multiple lives they are simultaneously living it's good it's really good Mm -hmm. yeah and you also get the intersection the intersection of the sort of 
the fact that they they aren't really the person they're trying to be. So, yeah, it is just somebody going on with their life. But at any moment, they could say something or they could slip up and they could you know reveal themselves or come close to the revealing themselves. So I'm just, you know, I'm on the edge of my seat, not just with the time travel premise, but just this, you know, the interaction between the two people that I see on the screen in front of me. Like, are you going to make it through this conversation? Yes or no? Yeah, right. like, that's or what I want to find out. Are you going to decide that you don't want like that's the whole other thing is like, OK, there one is like you're assuming they're trying to be good little travelers. But the other mm-hmm. aspect is, you know, but, but why are you even deciding this? Why don't you go rogue? Like this is so much better than where you came from. And, mm-hmm. you know, the future and could be rich. And like just that's what I'm saying about my mind racing. Like even in the most mundane scenes, the the premise has is so rich in possibility. Um, and then, of course, obviously, with the climax and stuff, they really crank it up where it's like, OK, now we're actually going to, to have things that happen in the plot that make you think even more you know they're just mm-hmm. it, it's a show that i watch with my mind is very active yeah yep. I, you know because i'm tied up in the premise i i have two questions for the panel if that's okay go for it lex the first is do you know the protocols by heart like anytime they mention a protocol without explaining what it is i always have to go and look it up i have no idea what it is. like that's tr- that's protocol four i'm like which one is protocol you can, four? You can tell from context you know, when they yell about protocol four sometimes and one about sometimes not reproducing not. you know Yes, yeah, that's right. Protocol fours don't reproduce. That's correct. Yeah, no. I actually brought up the list uh, on the uh, fandom wiki. Um, yes, of course. <laughs> so they would As have it I. in front of me. Because, yes. yeah, I had that trouble, too. Because usually you could tell by context, but every once in a while, there would be two people sitting in, like, the FBI car and driving around, <laughs> and they would say something, and the other person would be like, Protocol, protocol five two. or Protocol yes. six. Uh-huh. And okay, I was like, great. what? I like how, yeah. like, it, it. I think this is one of the things that we're all basically getting at, which is that it has, it, it knows its own, I don't know we would call it mythology or rule set very mm-hmm. well and it really really sticks to it um until it breaks the rules in season two but mm. uh the other question i have for you i said that i thought that um uh what's his name trevor is the 0115 is the is the second nicest person what's going on with david mailer <laughs> what's going on with marcy's boyfriend so let me let me talk about this the uh, <laughs> he's the nice nicest guy. person to, on planet to explain <laughs> to, to people what the deal is here so the main, the five main characters are the travelers, but this, essentially there is a sixth main character who is a David Marcy's social worker. So Marcy is a mentally disabled woman who works at a library, sort of shelving books, and that's when we meet her. And she goes outside and is being attacked, and we see her countdown to death in the in the first episode. This is this is the this is kind of like the Buffy moment where you know she can't defend herself and these people are going to destroy her and she gets the the the, the ice cream headache that kills you because somebody's coming from the future <laughs> the ice cream headache and <laughs> um and she just like kung fu's all of the bad guys and knocks them all down because now she's this super amazing fighting doctor who's brilliant from the future and so it's a it's a dramatic reveal but because she was a mentally disabled woman before this she's got a social worker who is still checking in on her, which leads to this incredible... And and again, this is the great thing about this show, is it follows that whole thing through, which is David, her social worker, doesn't understand how she suddenly is able to speak with a huge vocabulary and is completely clear and is no longer the woman he knew before. And yet he's concerned and he wants to get her checked out and all of these things. And then what ends up happening is 
they, you know, she's attracted to him and he's attracted to her. And that's completely unprofessional, especially when they think when his bosses think that she's one of his clients, which she is. But he's like, but no, she's she's actually undercover for some for the FBI, which is a lie that they tell him. It's It's fascinating. It's close. Mm -hmm. I do want to say, since I said that he's like the the nicest character on the show and like one of the nicest people on Earth, I do take issue with his um, Marcy relationship. I understand why it could happen now could happen but i feel like he should have had even more issue with more reluctance well, and, and with that makes him more believable because like oh he's the nicest person on earth but you know he does have this one he, incredible he's only yeah. a man in the end right i mean <laughs> but she's a on. totally different person who, and yet who could who would yeah. not have succumbed to, Mar- to marcy's charms and and that does lead to a very interesting plot twist in season one that we'll get to mm-hmm. maybe after the spoiler horn but i do like to, to larger point david's the best example but but we mentioned some other examples uh you know Trevor's parents, including Terrell Rothery, who is Trevor's mom, who was on Stargate back in the day. One of the many Stargate actors you see who turn up in this show because it is from one of the Stargate producers. Um, and you get one of the things that actually I really, I, I really, I don't know if I like it, but I, I appreciate that the the show sticks with its premise. Is Carly, who is the tactician on the team, she's the single mom who's got the abusive boyfriend who, in the regular timeline, killed her. And instead, she gets the ice cream headache and kicks his ass. And um, and he keeps being involved and being annoying and inter- inter- interrupting missions and is all that. And and then sucks. As, the, as time goes on, he also is trying to like, oh, well, you know, you need to take me back. I didn't really mean it. I get a very Ike Turner kind of vibe from him. It's like, oh, take me back, mm-hmm. baby. And the thing that I... I, I always have in the back of my mind and i know that the character carly has too or sorry uh traveler 3465 is you killed her like i'm not gonna how can i forgive this character because if the traveler hadn't have come he would have murdered the mother of his child and so i like society can't blame him because it didn't happen but i can blame him <laughs> like well, that's the other good thing about the, the way the show handles things like that is uh again i feel like in, in a more straightforward or lesser show like yeah so the the, the whole thing is she's an, a, an abused wife and now the, the 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 mind that goes into her body is the most kick-ass member of the team right <laughs> and so mm-hmm. you would think okay problem solved let's have a triumphant scene where the abused wife uh turns the tables and is able to best the husband Done and done, right? We have succeeded. No more problems with the husband because we're big and strong and they're not. And the reality is, no, there's, the problem still exists. Yeah. Are, are you going to kill the husband? No, there's a protocol for that. You're not going to kill him, right? <laughs> um, so Unless he's you're still there. It's protocol three, and, by the way, everybody. And, Don't take right. a life. Protocol three. Yeah. And, so he's still there and he's still a problem. And then, But she has to live her life. And so at a certain point, it's like, well... I guess I'll try to like reconcile, but then he hangs out in the house and he wants too much of her and she's got to put her in his place. Like, it's like, I'm, I'm the biggest, baddest person. I am no longer vulnerable to your abuse, but I haven't solved the problem. And yeah. the show does not let that go. It doesn't, it doesn't just say you win because you're stronger now and might makes right. It says, no, actually everything is way more complicated than that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's actually the root. I, I think of my respect for this show is it, 
it really commits to its premise and is willing to take the time to go into those levels of detail where, as we said, you could easily have swept them away to a lair somewhere where they plot their missions every week and don't have to deal with the messy parts of human society. Yeah, or, or even just keep keep the nice ones and be like, well, the abusive husband, you know, just once, kill him. once the tactician comes, <laughs> he gets beat up and you never see him again. Or maybe right. he comes back in season two as a revenge plot. Uh, instead, like that, that other aspect of people, you know, Protocol Five, you know, maintaining uh, the the host's lives. Um, all the people who like all the the minds that go into these people are human minds. They're not like computer yes. minds, right? They're not, and they're not they're not even not even all soldiers, right? And so mm-hmm. inevitably, everyone who comes into a mind that we've seen on the show for any long amount of time begins to not identify with or take like the person's life that they've inhabited sort of becomes their life. Yes. Right? So, so McLaren mm-hmm. actually starts to, you know, I don't know, fall in love with his wife. But yeah, I think he does. I think he falls in love with McLaren's wife. From and, the recovered memories. From and the, Carly yeah. cares right. a lot about her baby. Her baby. Who is not her baby. her baby. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and, and even her husband and wanting to, like, deal with that as, like, they they enter these lives that is like, why should they care about these? Don't they just care about their mission? They're saving the future. It's like, you can't you can't help but inhabit your what what eventually is your own life and all of them succumb to that i feel like there should be a protocol about it but the the protocols are, are woefully incomplete as far as i'm concerned so I, have issues with the I object to one of the protocols i object to protocol three i don't quite understand the logic it's don't take a life don't save a life I, that's the stepping to. on the butterfly thing that's a time travel yeah well, that's, that's i think that's right no time i get travel. that i get that i get the time travel piece right but they're already doing it Right, they're not letting these people die, and they're taking them over. That is changing the timeline anyway. It's yeah, so the director carefully the chose that, and the director knows everything. Or if does. you're already if you're already stomping on a butterfly, like don't don't also step on the grasshopper. Right. Okay. Like they, they, what part of the thing that I kind of accept, and this goes into the time travel premise, and some of this is going to have to be in the spoiler zone, but um, one of the things that you don't really know up front, like I said, is exactly what the rules are. They're, they are try- trying to change the future. It's unclear from the very beginning, like they get information about the future, and, and immediately you start to ask yourself, well, wait, if they're changing the future, how does that change the information they've got? And are they speaking to a future that's always going to be doomed, or is the future changing as they change the past? The show does eventually start to deal with that but what i took as part of the premise about don't take a life is what erica said sort of which is i feel like what they want to do is reduce the number of variables that are changing so that they can calculate like just enough of nudging without it being so chaotic that they can't affect the future um i I think that my logic is influenced by the simpsons treehouse of horror episode (laughs) where homer keeps going back in time and he keeps on messing things up and every time he Mm -hmm. comes back to the present the world's horrible and finally yeah. he's like i give up and he goes home and he he, go, he goes back into the past and he hits everything he kills every <laughs> butterfly he can find something <laughs> and when he gets back it, like life is back to normal except that his family and all humans i guess eat sort of like frog lizard type things where your tongue shoots away out to grab the food everyone's like yeah close yeah. enough but and it's like goes, i feel like <laughs> get yep. as much as he can like you want to change the future mess with it all that was my take maybe maybe <laughs> you'd be a bad traveler like, i think that traveling yeah, zero zero one <laughs> Yes. I think that's the problem with uh with with taking lessons from the Simpsons. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> there are no problems with taking lessons from the Simpsons. The uh, I, I I also like every good time travel fiction, <laughs> which according to Jason, that's all time travel is is fiction. Um, <laughs> according prove, to Jason, prove me wrong. Gets, 
go back in time and prove me wrong. Oh, nobody has. Uh, huh? I do that tomorrow. It's already happened. Uh, it, it gets increasingly paradoxical to me, right? Like, if they solve the problem, doesn't then the director never <laughs> exist? Paradoxes in a time exist. travel show. Yeah. That's impossible. As the show goes along, I think that's, I mean, that that is baked into the premise, is the idea that, that um, and some of this is built over time. So after watching 20 episodes of this, I think I know what the premise is, which is that there's a, there's a moving window into which they can send travelers. They can't, they can't go back behind where they've sent travelers before. So you can't. You know, you can't just keep sending people to 2005 or whatever. You have to... Which is convenient for the show, because if they could, the TV show would never get anywhere. Exactly, right. No, no, I mean, yeah. it is... I, I, Brad Wright, full credit, I think it's a very carefully, cleverly constructed premise. So you can't, you can't overwrite. You kind of have to go forward. And so that's part of the premise. And then I think the other part of the premise is that that stuff is now indelibly part of history. So... Ideally, as the moves are being made by the director, the idea is that things are being shunted either to like a big move, which solves everything, or it's just being steered exactly right so they can get it close enough to back on course that humanity doesn't die. And that's the that's an open question for the show. But that seems to be how, you know, that, that's how I read it is that they're trying to build up a very sort of like it's almost like a computer program, a series of events that you make small changes incrementally over time that will lead to humanity not being extinct. But they also have what the, could go uh, wrong. They do. They do a very brave thing in terms of time travel fiction in, as far as I can tell, fairly strongly committing to the uh, the sort of one timeline, uh, no forking, instantaneous consequences uh, rippling out in both directions. Because in, you know, in, in one of the, in the climax or part of maybe the middle of season one, they do a thing and they wonder whether the thing they've done has succeeded. And they'd be like, well, if we really succeeded big, we wouldn't be here anymore. The idea being that it's like, the fat, the instantaneous version of Back to the Future, where like, oh, things are going wrong, so you're fading away because you would never have been born, and you get all this sort of time to slowly fade out and stuff. And this show seems to be like, look, anything that's done, like if you if you wildly succeed, you will m- maybe never have been born because your future will be so changed, and that and that you aren't just changing things for a different timeline or a different fork, and you'll just continue to sail along your timeline. That it's one timeline. There's no forking, no deviation, and anything you do, like. It just snap and it changed. And they, they commit to that yeah. with the characters talking about in the past. And later they commit to that with the future. Um, and so that that's a very difficult road to hope because, like, honestly, at a certain point, you're going to be like, geez, these travelers, no matter what they do to change, they always end up being born and coming back. Uh, and <laughs> right. I don't know if that's sustainable, uh, which is why everybody does the forking. It's so much more fun with the, with the forking timelines. You can meet yourself seven times over and you can do <laughs> stuff that affects different timelines. But this one is like, nope. Uh, we're, we're going to play on the one timeline and have the the kind of fun that you can only have there. Well, pretty soon we're going to have to we're going to have to talk about spoilers because I have questions about this. Which yeah, is yeah. Because <laughs> the way, how we the got way here. I read the show's time travel logic is that if they changed the history so that that this dark future never happened, they would still exist in the present, but the yep. future where they were born would cease to exist. And I know that doesn't make any sense, but that's but not I, what that's what they said in the end of episode six. He's like, do, do you think it succeeded? no because we wouldn't be here <laughs> once we get into spoiler space i will have something to say okay. about this All but right, before same. we do that though i have I, uh, there's a couple other things i'd like to mention yes, that, uh, for people um one is just the the fact that they uh, the the subtlety of 
the people who jump back into these bodies, um, well, sometimes it's not subtle. Sometimes it kind of hits you over the head with a hammer. But the the, the clear the clearness that the, how amazed they are at seeing you know wildlife and the sun and a blue sky and yeah. every single time somebody jumps back, that is my delight. Is just watching that that actor. Sometimes it's somebody in the background, um, just looking around in childlike awe and being like. Whoa! This is this is amazing because they're from a future where everybody is underground in like an ice dome or something, and they and they don't like the the Earth has been um, all, all their heads are shaved. They have numbers mm-hmm. tattooed on their neck. Yeah, they're it's, no, it's yeah. like THX eleven thirty eight or 1984. twelve or twelve monkeys or <laughs> 12 you know, monkeys, yeah, yeah. We so live underground. It's really bad. And so they're amazed by it. Also, there's some funny things like there's no there's no meat anymore. Yeah. So everybody's like a vegetarian when they come back, mm-hmm. and they're kind of like disturbed by people eating or meat vegan. and things like that. Or vegan, right? So this is yeah. this is cow's milk. Ew. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's, it's, so it's not. I mean, that's one of the things I was going to mention earlier, and I didn't, which is the show feels like on one level it's almost like an alien invasion story. Um, yes. Where aliens are taking over, it's like it's like body snatchers. They're taking over mm-hmm. people's bodies and their lives, but they've got a secret agenda. And in fact, that becomes a plot point where, like the 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 uh, the counterintelligence against the travelers is they must be an alien invasion force. But they're not. They're people. They're nice. They have a code. They have directives. They're, they <laughs> only Canadians are people too. They only they've overwrite people who are already <laughs> wow. going to die. They're not going to be you know terrible about that. They've got their code. Well, but but. Yeah, well, I mean, well, well yes, but um, <laughs> but it still gives you that feeling of like the you know the the menace from the future. The, the these are these are people who are they're like us, but they're not quite like us, and they are amazed by what the twenty first century is like, which is it's fun. Two points that occur to me are that first that again, as with all time travel fiction, there are there are these potential plot holes and things that are paradoxes and, and hard to wrap your head around. And if you think about it too hard, it doesn't really make any sense. And like the best time travel movies or TV shows, you don't care. Right. And you're so wrapped up in the yeah. story that you don't even think about it during as much. Like you just want to see where they're going with it because you accept their rules, which I like. But, um, <laughs> I, I think that I, I question the traveler strategy, especially <laughs> since it seems like they've been working on it for a long time yeah. and it's not working. Um, maybe instead, like, I feel like enough of them could come out, and we talked about this in the incomparable Slack a bit, and say, like, hey, we're from the future. Here's how we're going to prove it. Here's who's going to, you know, win the next whatever games, and here's what the stock market is like. Here are the things that are going to happen. They could demonstrate it pretty well, I think, that they are correct. And they're like, hey, we're doomed. Now, I think in today's real America, not <laughs> that, enough people, people would listen to them. Witches. <laughs> but on TV. <laughs> I, like, TV's I America. just feel like they could try in Vancouver, America. Could happen. They yeah. could try. Mm-hmm. I, I, it's like they they don't give up, and I appreciate that tenacity. But man, this plan is really that, that not actually, working. You, I think you've made a new show, like because that, <laughs> the new show is the people come from the future to to say to save the future by influencing the past, and they explain exactly as they do, and then. No one listens. Uh, current, current day Earth has the expected reaction, which is some people worship them as part of a religion. Some people are trying to kill them. Like they're, but like none of the intended consequences happen. Everything is about them being assassinated or worshipped or or mocked. And the person's like, people, people, like stop trying to worship me as a god and or kill me. 
uh, do the yeah, thing that I'm work. saying. Like, nope, sorry, that's not how it works. Like, that's the whole show. No, but legitimately, and I don't know if this is too spoilery to get to, but I, I feel like that is potentially where season three it's could po- go. It's possible. I mean, that's that's always the jeopardy here is wh- what happens if the cover mm-hmm. is blown and and that's out there. Um, before we blow the spoiler horn, Erica, did you say you had mm-hmm. another point too? Yeah, the other the other thing was just the music um, for this show. I am not usually a person who notices incidental music, but the on this show, I mean, it's it's very just kind of like mellow and. And ambient most of the time like there's no melody there's not a tune and it's very atmospheric and and i honestly can't you decide can't if me. i if i like it or i don't like it but i noticed it so okay that's the thing i actually love the theme song which again you could not sing <laughs> it's mostly <laughs> no. like the presence of sound it, <laughs> i can't <laughs> but it's uh, it does uh, like i love the skip intro button on netflix i'm not gonna lie I don't press it on Travelers because I feel like it sets the stage mm. <laughs> aesthetically in a way that I appreciate. It's got all those like the letters. It's like the Matrix. It's got the with the Travelers yes. with the missing nothing vowels. Nothing like the Matrix, things. Jason. The letters are amber, not green. All right. I'm colorblind. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, so before we fire off the spoiler horn, just to say, I hope that if you haven't seen Travelers and you've heard us talk about it, you might find that like an intriguing show to go watch on Netflix or it's if so you're in good. Canada, I guess showcase. Mm-hmm. For uh, season one's on Netflix in Canada, right? Is that right? It is. Yeah. Okay. Yep. There you go. Come on, everywhere Netflix, give it a try. But now we're gonna we're gonna talk about season one, and then and should we talk about season one and season two both? Should we just blow the spoiler yes. horn? And yeah, yeah. yeah. Look, if you've It'll listened this easy. far and you've only seen season one, go watch season two of Travelers for Pete's sake. What is wrong what are you with doing? you? It's we not are. That long. We're gonna we're gonna spoil it all right uh, right now. This this horn was sent from the future. <laughs> All right, the director <laughs> is a computer. <gasps> now they foreshadow that pretty heavily. I yeah. feel like <laughs> it's still fun and, though, and that, that also would explain like you know all oh, these travelers are doing a bad job. Having a computer in charge of you is questionable. <laughs> it's not just a computer; it is an artificial, artificial intelligence. intelligence. Right, feelings. right, but, but it's, it's got it's feelings. Very questionable because you know people humanize it. Like one, you know. One technique for computers doing things are sort of genetic algorithms where they try lots of ideas and test them for fitness against each other. And you don't want to be a participant in that system because it's not good for you. But to the computer, you're just disposable until it's out of humans. Uh, So there are many reasons not to listen to an AI telling you what to do. I do like the perspective it gives you on who these characters are, because these are all volunteers who are, um, I didn't mention this before the spoiler horn, which I could have, which is they're, the, it, what's interesting about them is they volunteered to go back in time. They can't go home again. Yep. And if their bodies mm-hmm. die in the present, honestly, Jason, you can never go home again. Well, yeah, it's true. <laughs> sure. And, but when, when they die, they're, they're dead. Like they don't, this is not like a temporary assignment. It is a permanent <laughs> assignment. They are leaving the future. Then again, they can eat pizza if they want to, which they don't get to do in the future. But, so, but, no sausage or bacon. No, I guess not. Well, no, I bet you I some, some of them, them are, are kind of turn around on that. Yeah, some of I'm them. Sorry. Some of them start eating meat, and they're like, "This is amazing." But most of them are probably put <laughs> off by it. Oh yeah, yeah. Trevor is just like I. I am going to enjoy <laughs> enjoy the twenty first sure. in all its glory. He's seen a, he a lot. He's he's seen a lot. So it's true. Yep. Um, okay, so what should we talk about that we that we haven't? I I wanted to mention the season one cliffhanger. Can I can I mention that because well, it is? Can we do? Can sure, we do the middle? the middle of season one sure first. sure what i what i thought was the end of season one when it came on helios oh right, right? yep 
Because that seems to be like I'm watching the show. I'm like, great that, you know, because I'm me being into apocalypses. I want to know, hey, what happened? How did it go wrong? What you know, what's it like in the future? where Everything is crappy. And why is it crappy? Because that would let me know what they're supposed to be doing in the past. And so they're like, oh, there's a meteor asteroid and we're going to deflect it. Of course, I'm like, this makes perfect sense. Really bad if a meteor hits. They're on a mission to stop it. Uh, fun, exciting episode. They do things. Uh, and at that point, I had no idea how many episodes there were. I didn't know what I was on. But as it turns out, that is episode six of 12. Yes. I'm like, there you go. how is that right, not the end of season 12. one? You triumphantly deflect the asteroid. And that gets us to our time travel thing where they're in the van. And they're like, if it worked, we wouldn't be here anymore. Which yeah. is a very firm commitment to saying... I that's, guess you're saying no, you would poof John, out of existence. John, that's characters musing over, I wonder if this is the way it works. That's very different from the show no, itself. No, I, I think it was, I think it was the, the, the character saying definitively, because if it worked, we would not be here. Not like, I wonder if we wouldn't be here anymore. They seem mm-hmm. to understand how time travel works no, and say, it was, if it had worked, we wouldn't it be was here. So much more, it was so much more wishy-washy than that, the way that I read it. Because he was just like, I'm not really sure what's happened. Rule I don't one, know. the director lies. No. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, it's it's they've made it clear though that the the fact that they um, that they remember different things from what the the people who have come to the past later remember. Yeah, so like, well, yeah we know the future is changing out from under them, but it doesn't mean they weren't born. Like I can see the future changing out from under them. That's the big season one reveal. Like, oh wait, what the future you came from? Like, you know, was there faction? Did, did Shelter Forty One collapse? Like, that's the big reveal. Yeah. The end of season one, but the middle of season one, I felt like it was a very firm commitment, no wishy washiness to single timeline. I think maybe the idea there, I, I kind of, I'm going to go with Erica and say that I feel like it's not necessarily definitive. It's just what they think. But it could be that they think this might be because they they are in a lower or, or, information environment. Or they could have been told that by the director. That's exactly how it. else would they know? If the director says, this, here's how it works. If you mm-hmm. go back and you succeed, A, you can't come back to the future. And B, if you succeed, you'll poof out of existence because single timeline. Right. right. Well, I mean, Bloom, Bloom, the one who is the, the engineer and the expert, uh, she comes back. And I mean, her line is, there is a chance that you know, we will no longer exist. It's even she, who's an expert, doesn't seem to know. But, right, but but she's saying, like, basically, if we change the future in a way that still allows us to be born, then we're still back here. But if we change it enough, then we won't be. It's not arguing the rules. It's just saying, how much, how much will you perturb the future? So my headcanon here is that the way this works is, if there's a solution to a big problem, and it solves everything. Maybe everybody poofs out of existence, although I'm not sure I entirely buy that. And I think there's a question mark here about that asteroid, which is, is this all we need to do? If we deflect the asteroid, does that solve it? And the answer is no, it doesn't. That was mm-hmm. not enough. We have to keep working. The future is not changed enough. Uh, it's a nice moment. Yeah, you deflected the asteroid, but Trump is still coming. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's why they got to save as many lives as they can. Change it all. Change it all. Uh, is is it still really a single timeline, though, if you have multiple different timelines being remembered by the, the people who have come back? Yeah, that's the I mean, they, they have right. to do that because the, otherwise, it, like it, in my in my super hard sci fi time travel that no one ever does. It's that I think it's single timeline. Things are always changing, including inside people's heads. And so there's right. no way to make a coherent narrative mm-hmm. out of that, because from moment right. to moment person's memories and future and everything change Mm -hmm. and so it's not you can't really tell a story in that so what we get is the one we get to see the one timeline that is like the timeline that we're on Mm -hmm. but i do the playhead we're on the playhead basically yeah that's right i I, I do like 
I do sure. like that that that's the that that's the way they handle it, which is the future. Because I was going to get really mad actually at the show in the first season if they keep making changes, but the future remains the, the future same. Stays the same, yeah, yeah. and it mm-hmm. doesn't happen. I was like, thank you. Like that things start getting weird. Although that leads to that whole question of like, well, wait a second. So then, how does Philip work since he's got the memory of everything that happens in the future? Yeah, and but they, season but they, two, they addressed that. In two. Addressed that I, which was I did not like he the season two update. He's got old old data. Yeah. I, okay. Yeah. I had many objections to this happening in season two number one i don't it makes no sense to me why it should be a secret that's a little bit for dramatic he's not engine. supposed to tell anybody that he's getting his oh, new the, the, the in show reason and i'm not sure i agree with it is is because by that time the director recognizes that all of these people are going to be very bonded with the the people around them in their lives and you know it's it's specifically stated by yiji so of the doctor who tv movie uh he he tells people <laughs> that you can't tell your your companions this information because you might have information about people that they care about and people mm-hmm. that they love which is exactly what happens with philip knowing about about the baby dying yeah well that's true when the historian comes back for the first time though because already he knows futures about people that they may come to know. like it's it's just a, right you know, but, but they don't care at that point i know but they're but they're going to and 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 the thing is the historians care they're not they're not vetting these historians very well because the historian comes back and he's like i gotta save all these people it's like jesus this is the job yeah. you know you know when everyone's <laughs> gonna die but he, he does a whole episode where he's like we're on a mission to save this person because i don't think they should die bad historian i had thought about it so much in season one that i was very happy when philip has that moment where he's like oh let's bet on this horse race oh no it did the market yeah. went down I only the got three out of five exactly right and so then he had they have to do the software update and i i appreciated it i don't i agree i don't like the keep it a secret i get why they do it in terms of the in the episode but it felt it, it just frustrates me because tv shows that force people to not communicate with each other mm-hmm. as a plot yeah. You know, mechanic does. Although this has a good in-universe reason, because again, if they're being told not to talk to each other by an inscrutable AI, who's who can say why? Maybe that AI (laughs) has a portion of its its uh, mind dedicated to making dramatic television. You don't know. No, (laughs) I love that idea. So the the last episode of season one. There like is this is a show all the way I, I, I joke about how like all the CW superhero shows climax with like people having like heists of armored trucks. Seriously, how many armored trucks are there? But all the Flash Arrow... Canada's full of armored trucks, it's amazing. Jason. It's just so, the way it is. So travelers, what they do is there's standoffs in uh, like remote farmhouses. That's a thing yeah, that keeps oh barns. When they go to a farmhouse, I'm so annoyed it's, now. No more farmhouse. No more farmhouse. <laughs> I agree. I agree. I, I think it's kind of good. I like the idea of it, but it's like you've done it too many times now, travelers. Stop it. But in, in the season one, they, there's like the remote farmhouse and inside it is a weird contraption that they've built the quantum frame that is the quantum frame and they're not entirely sure what it does and like they need to destroy it and there's this idea now that there is now that that other dome didn't collapse there's now a faction that believes that what the director is doing is Shelter wrong 41 and, and they're having they have bad uh, identity uh, issues because they're getting text messages but they don't they don't know if they're authentic like well did you see a messenger unless you see a kid talking in a creepy voice you don't know if you trust it so exactly. everyone's, everyone's got messages i'm supposed to kill you you're supposed to destroy the frame but we have this attention <laughs> If I could pause you for one second, I would be totally okay if we got to the point where we could see the messenger kid deliver a message and then not see them say, how did I get it? Like, I think yeah. we got yeah. it. We don't need to afterwards. Yeah. Like, it's enough. That's fair. I'm ready to move on. That's fair. That's fair. We could save some so time So season there. three, that's my... Season three, three the kids explode that's, after delivering that's that's the wish. <laughs> the director is not playing anymore. That's the wish list. So anyway, that... that so here's the thing. So it's 12 episodes. You're right. I, I said it was 10. It's 12. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you can pick so many of these shows are 13 episodes so i get to the end and there's like there's an armed standoff and there's the quantum frame and are things coming from the future and, and, and you think it's like the, the the faction coming to kill them but it's the plain old fbi yeah. and, and i have that, including like mclaren's partner and all that and i have that moment where where that that ends and i think you know i know i i do the slow binge but this is so great i can't wait to see how they resolve this and there's no 13th episode because that was the season finale because it's only 12 episodes so I'm like no because it's such a great cliffhanger like i love a cliffhanger where i'm like i legitimately have no idea how they get out of this like and they and and they they find they spin the plates and they find a way to get out of it in season two that i didn't really see coming which is that the quantum frame just writes new people from the future from the faction on all of those people well, well, that, well that's the thing at the end of season one like when i there was a gap so at the end of season one i'm i'm not sure who to trust in that scene because you've got ellis who's like look this is my mission and i'm pretty sure the director told me to do it and then you've got grace who's like wait a second that was before i reset the director so that could right. be garbage data and you could be doing what the faction says and they're like but i got a text message i'm supposed to kill you but i got a text message supposed to kill the frame nobody knows quite what to do and at the end of season one i was kind of feeling like the people who were getting the message to destroy the frame were the people doing the wrong things and i was trusting the other people but as it turns out in season two the destroy the frame messages were the correct ones yeah. because what's in the frame mm-hmm. is like that they should have destroyed the frame two people had axes up in the air to destroy the frame <laughs> both were prevented from doing it yep. and if any of them had succeeded it would have saved a lot of heartache for season two because all those stupid faction people are in the frame and they're popping up like daisies now yeah which was good but um, that's, that's what i think makes a good climax in that like i'm trying again you know, mind racing i'm trying to puzzle out who to trust who to think yeah. what's who do you think is closer to being right they don't know we don't know um and it's not it's not so super telegraphed it's not like oh i know what's gonna happen i'm sure they should have should have or shouldn't have destroyed the frame and like i guess you know either way is plausible but that's that you know i just i thought about it in, at the end between season one and season two i was thinking about it who was right in that barn who you know should that person have shot those things should they have destroyed the frame uh and i loved <laughs> like up until the end of the, that episode I'm thinking, oh my god, who's coming from the outside? And it was just the plain old dumb humans. I'm like, oh, the humans. <laughs> it's the FBI. I, Stop wasting yeah, our time, The FBI. real FBI. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not oh. only did I not know how they were going to get out of that cliffhanger, but I absolutely did not see that cliffhanger itself coming. That was yet another another moment where I was just like, holy crap, show. That was, that, was, that was a left turn I was not expecting you to take. That's the thing that I like about, because it is the mid-budget Canadian science fiction show, where, the, where there's, so the, that, that makes the moments where, like in the asteroid episode where they they are um big laser building the big laser or they've got to go to the place where all the all the um uh, radioactive material is to do something or in this case build the quantum frame right it it really makes that more exciting where you're like oh future tech is happening now what is going on because uh most of the time they don't go too far down that route and I, I like it because it does it does make it more exciting when that happens they tend to do a good job of keeping it sort of sort of grounded i mean that's yeah. why the the episode after the the helios one was one of my favorites in season one because you just get this episode that's very sort of mellow and slow and yeah they are they are dealing with hallucinations but for the most part it's just them 
them dealing with the emotional trauma of possibly having completed their mission. And that was not something I expected to see on this show, especially after an episode where it is like the tensions are so high and it's really exciting and there's gunfire and there's a bunch of old people being sweet, badass old people and getting to have really cool <laughs> right. roles on television, on which you don't get to That's see right. very often. Um, and then suddenly, suddenly it's it's all kind of in their heads and dealing with 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 real feelings. It was the feels, man. And I liked it. Yep. That's good. Um, Marcy, I wanted to mention, too, one of the uh, (laughs) plot lines of season one is that Marcy, because they didn't have record of her being mentally disabled, they they wrote, you know, they trust the future at all. They wrote her in. And um, and then as a result, it was sort of like she was written in wrong and she was having medical problems and she was going to die. And this was an interesting plot line that had, again, for me, a very surprising resolution, which was interesting in how they did it and, and not where I expected the show dies. to go. Where, where, <laughs> well, so we, we have Grace, who is from the future, who I love, who they basically kill Great off at character. the end of season one. And then in the first episode of season two, they're like, oh, no, no, she had medical nanites and she's fine because they, they and, and this and grace is also one of the characters like if you wanted to map all these characters some characters you you see basically not at all before they are uh possessed before the travelers come right and other characters like grace spend half the season as original grace mm-hmm. and then the next half of the season as not original grace as traveler 0027 when she's right. overridden so, so and, 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 and really as we see in season three sometimes yeah. there's three things like these actors have good job security because as long as they don't physically yes. kill the body they get to play like 20 different roles yeah. it's like uh, orphan black but serially instead of parallel so so grace is um great yeah it's a great character good performance um and and uh when she comes to the and is overwritten by the traveler and all of that um she's a, a programmer uh who helped build the director so she's Nerd. super smart and all of that and the solution to marcy is basically well what we're gonna do is we're gonna like re-upload you into they're just just reinstalling the os that's right but you're gonna (laughs) but it's gonna be you from when you came back to the 21st not you who's lived the first 10 episodes of season one stripped down version of that yes they're gonna write the original her who was supposed to come back but they're gonna write it into only the good parts of the brain and that becomes important in season season two two. it's like wait did it all fit in the good parts of the plane, and Grace is like, nope. well, it mostly fit. Why don't we left out non-essential parts? Yeah. She said she she was told ahead of time yeah. that there would be some things missing. She just yeah. they but, were but a you left it up to, you left to Grace to decide what those things should be, which and so whoops. and so you get this thing where it's like you could read it as being a ripoff of like oh they said she was going to die but now she's going to be fine but there is a cost and the cost is twofold. The cost is this question of like has part of her been left behind and the cost is also that she has known these people on her team and fallen in love with david and all of that is gone because she's just the marcy who appeared in season one episode one again um and she doesn't she's behind everybody else she doesn't have those relationships it's really interesting and then in season as two far as i'm concerned the marcy that i fell in love with died like she yeah, did we not, lost a character it's, that's it's true not just lost memory yeah. yeah there's no continuity of consciousness right, right? there's no continuity whatsoever Except it is, it is a, the consciousness they, coming in again then they sort of restore mm-hmm. her from a backup kind of a little bit they do some defragmentation her of her brain in season two and mm-hmm. give her some of her 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 stuff back well she gets the same thing that that, that grant, grant does gets. you know yeah. re- I, and i like Earlier the idea memory. too that there are some that there are some memories in the
the human mind that are just so strong that you know it, it even death can't yeah. beat them and it it's is a sweet. little bit a little bit schlocky but i don't uh, care it's sweet it, it works because like if you think of it as like the sort of structures deeply woven into the brain that they mm-hmm. can't be overwritten by their tech so like you're inhabiting a house that has a certain shape and eventually you will come to f- get a feel for that shape i can't right? believe i didn't yeah. even mention the uh, season one episode where they're like literally like well you're going to go on a plane that that's going to crash oh the yes. stasis field <laughs> and, yeah. and then it's like oh <laughs> but we're good. not going to die because we've got this future tech that's going to protect us <laughs> but, it, but it only fits two oh so my he, God. he's like where should i sit in the plane so i'll be okay sort of mostly <laughs> It's like, well, nowhere really. What a bizarre thing. But I loved it. Like, it's just like, I'm yeah. okay show. Yeah, that, was, that was another example where a sci-fi gadget really added to the show. Like, it, yeah. you don't need spe- flashy special effects, but it added a, an element to the plot, an otherworldly sci-fi element to the plot that made it all the more exciting to see how they're going to figure this out. Right. And the fact that he's like, look, tell me where to stand in the plane. And he's basically dead, but future nanites. Future tech him. helps mm-hmm. him survive because they, they know that they can get him. <laughs> Although future tech is pretty, you know, like it works, but uh, Trevor has to grow another heart and so it's not, yeah. not the, you know it's not a walk in the park no, it's, it's not it's not a catch-all future tech and the future doctor like i, right. I like the doctor can we talk about the episode from season two that stressed me out enough that i posted on twitter about it and jason found out i watched the show yeah and then we and then we <laughs> had a whole we had a whole series of text messages at the parachute parachuting episode <laughs> yep. 17 minutes yep. season two episode seven God. Uh, it's uh, Syracuse talked to me a bit about this on Slack and, and tried to convince me that it's not breaking the rules, but it still feels to me like we're breaking the rules of the show. I thought where, so too. Well, it revealed new rules of the show. I think the most yes. important thing for me is it revealed that the director heretofore assumed by everyone to be doing like the ethical thing as if the director has some kind of ethics. Like, oh, we only go into people before they're about to die. Unlike the bad guys, like the faction who overwrite people willy nilly. Seems like a clear line. Faction is bad because they overwrite random people and we don't do that. We do it when people are going to die and even though it feels bad you can try to save your guidance counselor but she was going to die anyway so there's an ethical continuity but then in 17 minutes we see well we only go into people who are about to die but it could very well be that they're about to die because the last 18 times we tried to do something and now oh now they're on the menu of people who are about to die. yeah but they're only there because of a bunch of stuff the director did and so mm-hmm. that's like the director says well i see a candidate they're gonna die therefore it's so basically the director can make candidates by uh-huh. repeatedly trying to do something and failing, yeah. leading to the point where the person's going to die. Well, now and you're going to die. Which I think die. makes sense from an AI's perspective, <laughs> but from the, the, the true believer travelers who are like, do you believe in the grand plan? Yeah, I believe in the grand plan. Those true believer travelers should watch that episode and be like, yeah. oh... It's it is interesting that they that that it's told not from their perspective at all, so they don't know about it. Yeah, yeah, one one timeline. This this is this is what really bothered me about it. Not even that the director's breaking its rules, because I think they tried to justify that by saying this was so important that the director had to do whatever it could. That's not right? how ethics works. I think. <laughs> yeah, I, well, I think I think this was the director saying, "I'm going to hit the train track." switcher so that it hits one person's <laughs> so I think it's the director acting like a computer yes. because from a yes. computer's perspective their their ethical thinking is like you know the rule is only people who are about to die and humans add the part that means the director is nice no it just means only if they're about to die I see yes. someone who's about to die there's no back solving saying yeah but they're about to die because of you 
That's right. not well, part of it. Keep in mind, the, the director who is sending back the overwrite to try again is a director from a timeline where the people have failed and those other people died. So from the from that director's perspective, it's not their fault that those people died. Those people already died. Now, I, I, I know, but, but again... They, what they died from was too many overwrites. Put yourself in the tennis shoes <laughs> of the director. Yes, that is a reference to the computer war tennis shoes. Mm. Go ahead, Lex. <laughs> I got so, it. <laughs> I, I, I loved the episode. I genuinely love the episode. It's like my, I, I enjoy. I love any movie that or TV show that can do a good job of showing you the same scenes. Yeah, over the and time over loop story. It's yeah. a really well done like episode. episodes but, that that, uh, that plan your fear of being late for meetings. Yes, <laughs> but my objection here was to me. It effectively means that the show has no drama left because they, unless they run out of humans in the future, they have infinite tries on anything that really matters. But, to it's, them. but it's not infinite because they wear. They, first of all, they can only go after they've tried before and. Second, repeated overwrites of the same person mess them up and they become useless. Is that true? Yeah, like after about eight times. It certainly makes it less like they can they can do more stuff in extreme circumstances. I don't think it totally undercuts it, but it does somewhat undercut but, and it. And especially if you're if you're showing it from the perspective of our heroes and not from the sort of omniscient uh, viewer perspective of us seeing the overrides, from our hero's perspective, it only went down one way. Right, right but why do you say the that they see. can't get over it in too many times? Did we see those parachuters have problems? Yeah, being the first parachuter yeah. they yeah. try to overwrite her they like a fifth up. time, and she just dies and she immediately. Just, she was a mess. So then she, they have to overwrite her buddy I instead. See. see, I didn't realize mm-hmm. that that was maybe I'm just stupid. I didn't see that as we've overwritten her too many times. Over, I saw it as like there are many permutations of how people can die and how the no. fall can affect her. No, no there's a line. There's a specific line about the brain and about how how she had been overwritten too many times and couldn't do anything. And she was yeah. getting worse as time went on. Like her first run, she was most capable, and the second and third yes. and fourth. And eventually, she's just like the the poor traveler that's inhabiting it is driving a, a, a broken down car and can't. I get feel bad for that. that guy on the ground though, because both of his friends, uh, you know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they're just that, that's more like the, the the time travels acting like you'd expect, just totally ignoring the screaming person who's like friends are dying. Yep. It's like yeah, 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 no time. I, I, I you when you were talking before we got to the spoiler half, you were talking about how Marcy uh, wakes up with her new future consciousness and can beat up all these people around her uh i do appreciate that the future knows so specifically when and where you're going to die that they can leave the person jumping into you as well prepared as possible to deal with whatever is about to happen like I, <laughs> yeah it makes total sense but i really i like how well prepared they are for it and there's the moment of gathering their wits about them sometimes appreciating like what the world looks like now and then doing the thing they have to do i really like that every single time it gets me every single time they prepare the only one life. that really bugs me is um actually eric mccormick's because i feel like they jump into him too soon like a little bit before he's gonna die like they they, they jump the gun a little bit like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. In, the, the, in the very first episode, I, I felt like it was, it, it felt slightly off. Yeah, well, what what is the ethical window for when you could jump in? <laughs> like, it's, it's I thought it was about 12 computer. seconds too soon. That's all I'm saying. Like, I wanted it to be, I'm in the elevator shaft. I think it was like nobody around him is, is not a traveler at this point. So, mm-hmm. And we Fair. did see we did see his phone fall down the elevator shaft. It's and true. the thing was, he was going to, he was going to fall. He wasn't going to get pushed. He was going to fall, like, trying to catch his phone. So anytime, you know, you can't do it too much later because otherwise he'll be following his phone down the elevator shaft. Yeah, they, they, and they have a lot of misfires. Like the, the misfires are a big thing in season one and season two, where like they send too late or one of them doesn't land right, and so there's a, there is a, a margin of error. Like you have to see, like, like when they tried to do the whole family in the car, but they missed the daughter. Right. Oh, or right. Mm-hmm. you try to do it, but the, like everyone dies, like the, the Donner one where they try to send a whole bunch of people, but it goes wrong. And most of them die in the thing that actually was supposed to kill them. It did kill them. So 
I, I give the director some leeway here. I, I do appreciate the show's continued um, willingness to add stuff that makes the story more interesting. I mean, I guess that's storytelling in general. But the, it, there's an episode <laughs> in season two where there's, uh, oh, well, they must be using a device that prevents the director from sending consciousness. We've got to get rid of the... It's like a scrambler um, or something. That yes. prevents- yeah, well, they, they have the attenuator around the barn at the end of yes. season one. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. right. And the same well, thing happens that. in the, in the, in the, in the next barn episode, which I actually think is a really great episode, which is simultaneously Marcy is trying to recover her memories by uh, by going in a like an ice bath in her bathtub Zen yeah. hypnosis a, situation. Bad yeah. plan. and then there meanwhile <laughs> there is a, a girl who is going to be the 53rd president of the united states who they take out to a secluded barn of course they okay, do i will say there really are a lot of secluded barns like they are everywhere in sure. canada so that one's for real we're not in canada <laughs> but they're not in canada they're are there are <laughs> they everywhere in, barns out, in seattle outside just outside, seattle, seattle, just outside. but they're in faux adult but i but i as much as that was another barn uh standoff i thought it was really dramatic and exciting that we have the life or death sort of shootout standoff thing happening where they're and they're given a time frame like like literally you just have to survive until this time and then everything will be fine and and that's a, so weird but like within the premise of the show you're like all right but then then like cars drive up and they're like uh-oh and then more cars drive up and they're like oh no yeah. we are in big trouble here and meanwhile marcy is having all these hallucinations which are not just sort of like telling us about her character but are revealed a huge other part of the story as introduced in season two which is uh our our friend uh keith mars as i like to call mm-hmm. him uh yep. who is actually uh what's his name enrico colantoni um mm-hmm. who is traveler zero zero one who uh is a bad choice to be your first traveler by the way because he's in the world trade yeah. center on 9 11 he's like i'm out of here i'm taking my i'm taking all this money and i'm leaving um he tried he tried to go he, through he, tried, he, he was he tried by windows basically yeah and then and then <laughs> totally. he and then he ran away but we discover that he's the one who was behind all the mysterious sort of like tests that they were put through in season one about where are you from the torturing situation yeah, exactly right God, and, such a good episode, that episode too. And mm-hmm. uh, that was a good episode. And the big reveal, which is Marcy was uh, mentally disabled because of something done to her by Traveler 001, yes. that she was not originally that way. And that's a whole plot twist that is fascinating too, that she was working in the, in the, the, in the hospital where he was, uh, he was experimenting on people and that there's a, another character there that is important for the, for the end of the show. So that was a, that was a really cool episode and I liked it. And I liked the whole thing with Enrico Colantoni as the, uh, as the super weird, like tech billionaire slash morally flexible yeah. tech billionaire. Yeah. yeah, who can't be show? Who can ever have a picture taken of him? Because then it right. will appear in the records in the future, and they'll know where he is, and they'll find him. So he's totally and, and, and off he's the grid. Got a son, and he's got a son that he tries to have a good relationship with as he captures and tortures people, and and uh, right. confessing to his doctor. And that's protocol four, um, right? That he's breaking there. Do not reproduce. Yep. Yeah. Maybe he's the reason. For Maybe. Protocol four. I also really like that. You know, anytime anybody uses anything internet connected in his breath. That's when they try to come at him again. I enjoyed that. Yeah. Oh no, it's a it's a really nice moment of like the moment anything is collected on him, that's then they try to kill him because they're, I'm they're just trying to find that him. He's that he's gone now. Well, because, all right. So so what happens? The character's not. I admit. 
but no, no, but he's he's not necessarily either. So this is the thing. So in episode twelve, so we'll talk about the the, mm-hmm. the season two finale, and it hasn't officially been renewed or anything yet. And we had to wait like three months last year before it got renewed. I really hope it's coming back. I love this show a lot. The way that season mm-hmm. two ends is we learn a lot more about uh, what happens in the future. Like first off, we learn that there's they first perfected mind transfer technology, which is why Trevor is so old. Is that he was one of the first people to be transferred into different bodies so he's lived a very long time in lots of different bodies so that technology is uh being kind of rebooted in the 21st century and the ability of course you have the ability to send people back in time which leads to that moment in episode 12 where in lirico colin tony as traveler 001 um is working with uh, Simon, Traveler 004, uh, and we discover that what he's doing is he's transferring his consciousness into the body of his psychiatrist, Amanda Tapping, from Stargate. Mm -hmm. But the implication at the end of that episode is that Simon, Traveler 004, has been transferred into Enrico Colantoni's body. Oh, is that who you think that is? Yeah, that's who yeah, I think I, that is. Ah. I, I think that too. I, I thought it was just a traveler, but when Jason said it might have been Simon, yeah. I can see that too. Yep. Yeah. I, I also my my original thought was just that it was you know some that he he put himself on camera so that the future could see him and then right. they just zapped it, somebody it back. Could be. So, so yeah, we do still get we do still get uh, Enrico Colantoni, but I liked him as that Cause, character because the, the other possibility is that Simon was just like fixing himself. Right. Like Simon's over there fixing himself and then uh, 001 puts himself on camera and immediately the director throws someone in there. The premise is that Simon's brain, Simon's host's brain was uh, schizophrenic. And so Simon uh, couldn't, just like with with the the heroin addiction, right? Like he can't override that part of his body. And so he was using this technology to get his brain out into a different body. Right. Which makes sense. It's just that the fact that uh, he sat himself down in front of a, a computer camera, um, he right. knowing true. that as soon as that happens, the director is going to overwrite him. So if it was Simon, then probably poor Simon also got overwritten immediately. Yeah, that I think I, what happens at the end of a season of Travelers, I think I've decided, is a lot of things happen that are undefined. So yes. that when the new season comes around and is picked up by Netflix or whatever, then Brad Wright sits down and goes, all right, how do I want to go here? And he's left himself a bunch <laughs> of different pathways. And he can say, oh, no, 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 no. that was totally si- that was totally Simon. Don't don't worry about the camera or it'll be like, oh, yes, well, the camera, that's actually what was happening there. And he the could decide later. The camera was never on in the first yeah, place. There was yeah, tape yeah, over you, it or whatever. You can write that stuff away pretty yeah. easily. I think this is the first cross-gender uh, transfer, too. That we've seen. So that I we've wish seen, they had yeah. spent... I wish they had spent or will spend more time of him going, what's it like to be in, in a woman's body, right? Yes. Because that's, you know, it's just... It's got to be not, odd. He's going to be looking around at the wildlife, you know, <laughs> looking up at the blue sky. I, um, I do appreciate, I guess, the fallibility of the future in that they continually, seemingly multiple times, have not known about important factors about the hosts they're projecting consciousness into. Uh, like to not know about the schizophrenia and to not know. Well, about I the, mean, their information is incomplete. Uh, like yeah, that's it's it. A, it's right? a fantastical scenario where they're reconstructing from like your tweets exactly where you were <laughs> at exact yep. moments in time, so they can target your brain. Like you just have to go with that in the show. But that the imperfect information in the future is part of the fun. By the way, this is why I turn location services off on my tweets. No, that's that's why I can't. You're not one of my find my friends friends anymore, Alex. It's because I'm going to overwrite <laughs> you from the future. I see. They do say that something like thirty some percent uh, were misfires, or maybe it was even more than that. Like to to start off 
off with. Yeah. So so they obviously they've been refining, but and with Marcy we see it right, mm-hmm. but where their their information about Marcy is wrong. Their information actually isn't their information about Philip wrong too. I think that was one of those things. Yes, because they were they they believed he he claimed that or his family claimed that he had never done heroin right. before. Uh, on so Facebook, it was he didn't say theory, he did right? It was, it was in theory his first his first uh, his first time doing it, which is why he OD'd and died. Um, so he wouldn't have been an addict, and he would have been fine. Yeah, and that's wrong. Um, and Philip assumes that his his family was just trying to save face. Right. right on the internet, no one knows you're a heroin addict. Yeah. So that's a fun little mm-hmm. twist. It's like their information is bad. <laughs> like, and they, they, yeah. they it's all that's left in after the apocalypse that can be salvaged from the the Facebook servers or the Google Good servers. Thing the Library of Congress saved all those tweets. Yeah, absolutely yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Saving the future. The more we talk about it, though, the more that I am again impressed by this show because it is. Uh, it is not a show that's got a you know a a famous cast and it, it's not a show that has a huge budget but it has it is a show with a huge amount of ambition in terms of the story that it's telling and i really love that's what that's what impresses me the most about it is that it's not afraid to commit to these premises and explore them and twist them around in all sorts of different ways while giving you a lot of interesting character moments with these dual characters of this being from the future and the life they're trying to inhabit and how you navigate all of that. Like I, I, I liked the stuff with McLaren and his wife um, in both seasons, yeah. really, mm-hmm. where he's like, he's got the existing relationship and his relationship with his wife falls apart, but then he also feels attached to her. And, and he's got the kid that he didn't mean to father, but now he is, and this tied mm-hmm. up with his love for right? his wife and her wanting a child, but then her the danger of miscarriage killing her and future medicine to prevent that from happening. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's yeah. Like, affecting. It's like good character bits that are happening that yeah. are only they're affected by the fact that he's a time traveler from the future but they're also um just nice character moments in this show and even the little characters get get to be sort of more deeply developed than i would have expected because when you have um david's uh david's girlfriend blair she she ends up in in the hospital and mm-hmm. Then you find out that the reason she's in the hospital is because she swallowed cotton balls. That was yep. not something I expected. It was not something that they needed to put in there. It was just something that happened to make Blair a little bit deeper as a character, which totally not necessary because she disappears like a few episodes after that. Yep. But it still was just a great moment. Yeah, there's yes. a, there's a lot of uh, of those minor characters that are that are. Uh that are really good and really well developed. And I mean, we mentioned grace before, which is kind of a surprising and fun character that they've kept around. She's wonderful. She's Mm -hmm. wonderful. I, I, I think I might have a controversial opinion. Okay. Uh Uh, It is my hope that, uh, season three is the last season. Interesting. I want them, I want to, I want the, the story to end, um, potentially with world destruction, like they all give up, but I, I feel (laughs) like that John made the point much earlier that, Every episode is like all of your best ideas on the table now. I feel like there's a limit to how many best ideas you can have. And I think that they probably have a season's worth left. Yeah. I mean, that's the danger of any long running show is eventually you you, tur- you twist in on yourself. Exactly. And I don't want it to get bad. <laughs> yeah. I, I, it certainly would up the stakes if there's a question of if we succeed, are we killing ourselves or making ourselves never exist? And if you had either them learn that that wasn't the case and they were going to be able to live out their lives in the 21st century or have the them start to fall you know ha- and have them start to su- them start to disappear. succeed so succeed much that they disappear and have to deal with that it's certainly i, I you know whether it's uh, w- one more year again i hope that they bring it back for more seasons um but i definitely would like to see this story have an end at whenever 
that happens yeah mm-hmm. and and it is like when i talk about turning in on yourself like the obvious directions to go if this went on for like just way too many seasons is that eventually they wouldn't be able to help but go hey you know about the future in domes and you think you're on post-apocalypse earth a it's either not earth or b there's no apocalypse but they're just in domes and they think there's an apocalypse and c they're part of a big experiment like the truman show and it's not the future it's the distant past and like <laughs> now the director is evil so now we have to not do what the director says or, or the director the director was always but, but there's two directors the idea that the, i don't know that, that immediately like we're on season five you have to decide you're going to destroy uh the the bedrock that is the assumption that the people from the future are correct about their situation in the future in some way right because that's what that's that's when the show turns in on itself and it starts to go like well we've done everything we can think of there the next right thing we can do is hey those people keep talking about living in domes do they really are they really sure that they're in a dome because the earth is wasted is that dome really on earth is it really the future like there's so many things you can do there that would ripple backwards and potentially mess with the whole rest of the show and give you another season but but people have been outside there's not it's not like people don't know you where can, they you can are write that away truman show like <laughs> but i'm saying this is i'm not saying these are good ideas i'm saying this is where you inevitably go <laughs> if you have to keep if you the show going. everything you can think of mm-hmm. and you want it you want to keep the show going you want it like right. you, know, you want to maintain your show's life like it's pr- protocol five i would like right? I would like it to live a natural life and then, yeah, and then as Lex says, solve its its problem and and move on. I'm actually not sure I ever want to see the future. Um, Mm -mm. It'll cost too much money. Sorry, Jason. I like the fact that they just did it via via art. You know, you see Simon's art, so you see the the giant underground, the doors that lead into the big underground facility from from outside. It just looks majestic and beautiful, but that's the only way that we see it. I agree. And you see flashbacks forwards, like you see uh, when uh, McLaren is kissing Carly, or kissing his wife, but he's thinking of Carly, and he's thinking of future Carly, who is Mm -hmm. bald. She's the only one that we actually get to see what they look like mm, in the future. Yeah, like, but but they can do those type of things because you don't have to show the future. You can just flash for a second, and guess what? They're in like a future warehouse instead of a present day warehouse. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the moment too when uh, when McLaren is hallucinating at his uh, his anniversary dinner, he's he's seeing people from his future slash past in the uh, in the crowd. John, there's a lot of warehouses and farmhouses in British Columbia. That's just how it is. I mean, the, the deep thinking, getting back to the deep thinking on the show, like if you are a sci-fi nerd, never before will your mind be racing so fast while watching people standing still talking to each other in a circle in yeah. a warehouse. <laughs> did we yep. did we already talk about um, the newish conceit of Philip's uh, hallucinations also? Oh, no. I mean, just, oh, the, no. just that he got the software update, but there is right. that. When he gets the software update, they're like, oh, you might also get hallucinations where you're seeing multiple timelines at once. Yeah. yeah. And that's also a, a change. That's super because weird. he's not supposed to see multiple timelines. He's just living and he's got memories of the future. My, my, but, my yeah. way I'll accept that is like if he literally has memories of timeline A where they came from and, and now they've mm-hmm. got, he's got the update timeline and they're different. And so his brain is having a hard time. I don't like it as much if suddenly he's like a time sensitive being who can see different possibilities or something like that because that doesn't make any sense in what they've laid down but i do i mean imagine if you had a complete detailed history of the future and then they were like nope that future is different now and then you were a little confused about it that but yeah it's sort of like they just touched it and then they kind of walked away from it so we don't know where they're going to go with it but that that, there's a Mm -hmm. delicate line to walk with that because i liked parts of that and there are other parts like i'm not so sure we'll see what they do with this i feel like that undercuts his uh his recovery from heroin addiction because they give him the turtles to take care of but now he knows when the turtle's gonna die i love the turtles though 
But he knows, like, do I actually uh, relapse and forget to feed the turtle and kill it? Actually, I know the answer that's, to that question. That's okay. The turtle um, is going to be replaced because by a turtle he, from the he future. He doesn't, though, because we've, we've talked about how bad their data is. Why would the future have data on when Poppy dies? Like, there's no yeah, like no one ever that. Instagrams their pets. They know when that turtle dies. He's <laughs> not Instagramming anything. He's a secret agent from the future. Yeah, that's true. They're all supposed to be secret agents from the future, but they're also ma- living their lives. They have Instagram accounts. I believe it. <laughs> maintain your host's life. Do they have an Instagram account with a lot of followers? It's your job to maintain that. Keep the engagement going. I don't know the uh, the heroin addict dude didn't like didn't really <laughs> yeah, strike keep me doing as a guy heroin. with a great Instagram. Only if the turtle had an Instagram account. <laughs> Oh, Hashtag that happened, Poppy. Shell they, they all oh, die of salmonella. No. That's that's the season three. Ah, <laughs> uh, what? So, anything else we should we should mention before we we wrap it up? I would like to point out the the, the there were a few Canada moments that just had me tickled. Yeah. Um, I might have been mistaken about the first one that I thought I saw early on in the first season when Trevor is offering to pay for something that I, I can't remember if he stole it or broke it. I thought that those bills looked like Canadian fifty dollar bills. Um, I could have been wrong. Hmm. But they look like they were sort of reddish. So I was like, uh, guys, guys, you, you missed something there. It's hard um, to get American money up in Canada here. My, uh, my favorite line of the whole thing, and I don't even remember where this was. I just jotted it down because it made me laugh out loud, was Eric McCormack saying, those Canadians, man, you got to watch out. <laughs> I just <laughs> yeah. busted out laughing. So I was like, yeah, that's, that's very, very meta. <laughs> Did you guys um, notice, by the way, that he, uh, Eric McCormack directed the season finale of season two? Mm-hmm. You know, speaking of, speaking of uh, casting on this show, uh, like I don't. Part of this is explicable because uh, well-known actors, like you know the guy from Will and Grace. Oh, I know him. You've seen them before, so in some ways you kind of know their tricks and you have preconceived notions. But after season one, especially, my impression was that I like everyone on the show, but I like everyone better than the name actor that we all know. Right. And hmm. it may just be like honeymoon of like, I've never seen these people in anything before and they're all wonderful. And yeah, there's the guy from Will and Grace. Right. <laughs> He's fine. I think he does a good job, but he is the least interesting to me. Now, with with them ramping up the things with him and Kat, he's he's grown on me more. But after season one, that was definitely my impression. And maybe that speaks to how good the rest of the cast is, or maybe it's just the newness. But I think that is that's a novel experience, because most of the time, if you're not a mid budget mm-hmm. uh, Canadian sci fi show, you have to have more name actors uh, you know like you have then this just has the one it's like we're gonna build this show on will from will and grace like really no you're not you're gonna build the show on all the other great actors this is really interesting you say this just because i think that eric mccormick's performance on the show is so good i think he is so believable yeah, he's, he's good show. i'm just saying like i like the other ones so much better than you know like i, I love them so much and, and maybe i'm just like it's i'm taking him for granted i know he's gonna be don't good. take him like, for granted <laughs> Poor Eric. Yeah, McCormick. it's just like you got to have MacGyver to do Stargate. You got to have that. You got to have that name. Uh, that name actor. No, I, it's a. It's a good cast. You know, a lot of shows live live or die based on the casting, and they did good casting, and the, and they and they work well together as an ensemble. In fact, I would say the character that I I'm most disappointed by is Carly, and I think it's mostly to do with the fact mm-hmm. that what she has to do is like the gunplay and stuff uh, because that's her job, and her her personal story is unfortunately a lot of i need to pick up my son or i need to deal with my abusive ex-boyfriend i I like the the child things because she seems so uncomfortable in that role she's she's comfortable with a gun she's uncomfortable with having to be a mom single or otherwise googling how to care for an infant because she knows how to field strip a rifle right she knows all about Mm -hmm. the weapons 
but she doesn't know about parenting. I get that. It's just that that keeps happening a lot. And I wish they would that's, give her some different things to do. They clearly backed like. off the whole like her relationship with McLaren, right? They, they backed that out of that. Well, they, they, I mean, mm-hmm. they backed off because they gave McLaren those memories, but she didn't have a, a similar revelation yeah. that makes her not pine for him. So I, that could come back. And also, I, mm-hmm. I, I do find her uh, horrible cop... Uh, ex-boyfriend uh who killed it's, who killed her yes. in the original mm-hmm. timeline Un- awful he's awful and uh repeatedly i don't awful. like watching their scenes uh, i actually yeah. agree with you like they've given her such a a, a negative mm-hmm. storyline in terms of how horrible he is and all those things so now i want him to uh, die i, I kind of liked it when he was like getting involved with them and then i thought that would spin off into like then he would be horribly killed by radiation from the future or something mm-hmm. and it'd be like oh well that's <laughs> too bad but that didn't happen so why did they just take over everybody like, why don't they just take over the entire planet? I had that just, thought, too. I think <laughs> the faction. Well, yeah, that's all right. Just send, ev- send everybody back. Everybody. I think mm-hmm. the answer would be that they would overwrite themselves and they would cease to exist. I mean, I think that may be baked into the premise of the show, like John yeah, said. their great, 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 great grandfather. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Be very confusing. Also, there wouldn't be a show then. So yeah, it's better to have yeah. the show too. Although they do almost do that in in the the Donner episode where the guy is accusing McLaren of being from the future and saying there's communicators in their neck or right. whatever. And the other <laughs> FBI says, "Is this true?" And it turns out every single person in the room is a traveler, yeah. which is a, a, another fun reveal. <laughs> mm-hmm. Nope, it's good. It's good. Good stuff. All right. Well, uh, if you still haven't watched uh, Why You're Listening to This, and you should go watch Travelers. <laughs> it's available on Netflix. And uh, it is, I just, you know, again, would I list this as my favorite show? No, it's not my favorite show, but it has surprised me how much I like it. It took me by surprise. And then when the second season came back, I was like, oh, right, I really like that show. And I watched season two and I was like, yeah, I really do like this show. It's a lot of fun and not like, you know, some shows are kind of like other shows. And this show, I guess the closest analog I would say is something like continuum which is also a vancouver shot somebody comes back or people come back from the Mm -hmm. future into the present day so that they can save on the budget Mm -hmm. but at least it's set in vancouver it's actually set in vancouver although in the future (laughs) vancouver is part of some sort of west coast country that includes parts of the united states pacifica or something very confusing i I think the sister show to this is colony because colony i mean it's not a time travel show but it is a sci-fi show and colony has the same mission statement, which is do a sci-fi show with not a lot of money. All right. I I have been meaning to watch that because uh, Sawyer is in it, but I haven't seen it. Yeah, and again, yeah, I Continuum think in Colony, a lot of money Sawyer, is, no. Sawyer is great, but he, I think, is the least interesting cast same, member. Same thing, uh, right? He gets the show made, yeah. and then they cast a lot a lot of interesting unknown people around him. Yeah, right? and, and I think Travelers is still a better show, but Colony is the, the sister show for me, because I started watching them both at once, and both of them, I marvel. I marvel at how you can do... Colony has a tougher road to hope, because they've got, like, aliens, right? And John, and, have you seen Continuum? No, I've heard I heard it. My mother watched it and she told me I should watch it. But everyone I've heard who's watched both, they say, yeah, Travelers is better and they're similar. Oh, so yeah. Travelers is better to, to go back. Continuum is good, mm-hmm. but it it I, I think I gave up after a couple of seasons because they kept, I did too, because I, I actually Continuum hit that problem, which I hope Travelers will not hit. Uh, I have a, I have confidence that it won't, which is they twisted their science fiction premise so much that you mm-hmm. it's sort of like the, the sort of like the last couple seasons of Fringe, where like I'm not sure I'm even watching the same people anymore because they've changed so much of the premise of it. So John, where is Col- where is Colony? Because I haven't even heard of it. Netflix. Okay. Yeah. Where it's right alongside Travelers and well, Colony. In the Colony's blaring a uh, cable menu. maybe a cable maybe show in, in the U.S. It's a it's a USA Network show, but it, yeah, I, I don't it's know. Streaming. I think I. Actually I actually did watch it on tv originally but like uh 
it's on netflix now and there are no new episodes uh, right now so i think if you were to watch it all now you would be caught up as there's two now. seasons of that and that's josh holloway from lost sawyer yeah i mean obviously i'm i i did this episode of the incomparable because i'm a regular guest here of and course because i love travelers what i the thing that most surprised me is i really love season one and i was like well they're clearly done season two will never be good <laughs> <laughs> it uh it was i thought season two was actually better than season one i thought they actually explored their premise in more creative ways yeah. oh man it's a good show mm-hmm. it is a good show yep. I, I think season one was better but but season two is still good i think there's some sag in the middle of season two but i um but i i, I agree that it explores the p- premise further in ways that i didn't expect which i which i really appreciate and um i thought it was funny that after all that time max uh partner gets turned into a traveler <laughs> it's, it's like sorry yeah. dude yep. you'll never that, figure it out that's the thing that the law of averages on the show is like given a long enough timeline every recurring character will in the be show, a traveler yeah yeah it's because good. you just can't help you just can't help it like if people if people if they're a long time on the show it shows that like the character you know people like the characters or at least the writers like the characters and if you like the characters how can you not help but give that actor a chance to be three other people right well, it's the um, when I was in high school, I read a Kurt Vonnegut novel where one of the conceits was that in order to save you from shock when a character died, their name uh, within ten pages of them dying would we get would get an asterisk, so you'd know it was coming. Which leads to <laughs> it's hilariously done. It's so brilliantly done because he would always drop the asterisk at just the right time, and you'd be like, "Oh no, how does this?" And, and literally, there's like a computer at one point, and it gets an asterisk, and you're like, "What?" And then somebody throws it in the in the ocean <laughs> it's like all right and, and i think about that with travelers where it, it especially in season two there are those moments where you haven't seen as much of the countdown to death kind of premise of it and then suddenly it pops up and you're like oh no what oh no mm-hmm. what is happening now and it's it's that's uh, that's fun to be like uh, well, i don't know what we're seeing now what will happen next it's good really don't we all have asterisks in our name yeah but we Jason? but you can't see them if you think about it you can't see yeah. them that's, that's, in season in season seven of travelers they put a clock a de- time to death timer up but the the uh, leftmost digit is years yeah <laughs> <laughs> it just counts down for the rest of the show i'm gonna watch season three of travelers as soon as it's available but if there's a season four mm-hmm. i'm gonna make you guys watch it first and tell me if i should keep watching all right well We'll let you know. I don't want to be disappointed. I'm, I'm thinking four would be my sweet spot. I'm, I'm hoping for four seasons and out. That would be great. Well, let's hope. Because I think season three is going to do a lot with this whole, you know, Shelter 41 and, and you know, the faction stuff. And then I would like, I'd like to finish that off and then deal with whatever the director actually is. save the world from the director mm-hmm. or for the director or some combination thereof. Exactly. Yep. The director turns out to be Steven Spielberg. <laughs> I, I, I want it. the director to be like the cheerleader because you save the cheerleader mm-hmm. and you save the world. Yep. Save the world. Mm-hmm. That's it travelers go watch it and i would like to thank my guests who also watched it john Syracuse, thank you mission comes first jason mm, it's true eric ensign remember protocol three because i don't <laughs> protocol three take a penny leave a penny <laughs> thank you so, protocol three profit okay anyway erica yes. thank you for being here Hey, those Canadians, man, you got to watch out. And uh, this episode of The Incomparable brought to you by Lex Friedman. Thanks, Lex. Oh. <laughs> I, my goal in life is to be almost as nice as David Mailer. Uh, wow. Well, aim high. high. It's my goal. Yeah. It's my goal. I'm not saying I'm doing it. No. I'm just saying it's I'm true. <laughs> it's true. And you also said almost. So Yeah. And thank you to everybody out there for listening to this episode of The Incomparable. We'll see you next time. This episode's time of death in five, four, three. Ah! 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 Yep. <laughs>